You may be having a spiritual awakening and chances are you probably don't know what the heck is happening to you behind the scenes. It turns out that spiritual awakenings, they go through patterns or stages that you can identify to make sense of what's happening to you. In this video, I'm going to share with you the six stages of spiritual awakening so you know right away what stage you're at. And I'm also going to share three practical strategies to help you work through each stage, even the harder ones. Coming up. Hello, beautiful soul. This is Christina Lopes, the Heart Alchemist, here to help you open your heart, heal your past, and live with purpose. If you're new to my videos, click on that subscribe button and also on the bell so you get notified as soon as I publish new content. Now, spiritual awakenings can be a really wild ride for us. There are millions of people going through spiritual awakenings across the world right now. And for the majority of us, a spiritual awakening can sometimes be painful and difficult. Now, out of the thousands of people that I've connected with and the hundreds of clients that I've worked with over the years and in my own spiritual awakening, my own experience, I've come to identify certain patterns or stages within the spiritual awakening journey. There seems to be certain stages that are very common to the majority of us going through spiritual awakenings. And I'm going to talk about those stages today because once you know about the stages, you can more easily work through each stage and your, your spiritual awakening becomes easier. Here's what we're going to cover in this video. In part one, I'm going to go over the six stages of spiritual awakening so you can identify right away which one you're at. And then in part two, I'm going to share three practical strategies to help you work through each stage, especially the harder ones. Once you finish watching this video, let me know in the comments below, which stage of the spiritual awakening are you at? I want to know in the comments below. All right, let's get started with this video. Part number one is the six stages of spiritual awakening. Now, before I get to the stages, I want to leave just uh, a, a few little side notes here at the beginning of this, of this part of the video. And that is, I want to leave clear that although I'm trying to break this whole spiritual awakening phenomenon, I'm trying to break it down in stages for you to make it easier for you to navigate. This isn't really as simple and as clear cut as these six stages that I'm going to go through. Okay. So I want you to remember a few things. The first thing is that you may be going through different stages, not in the order that I specify here. Okay. So you may actually go through the stages of spiritual awakening in a totally different order than what I specify here. So remember these stages that I'm talking about, they don't always have to be linear. Okay. I have put them in order according to what the majority of my clients and myself also how we went through the spiritual awakening, but it doesn't mean that you're going to go through this in this exact order. All right. So keep Keep that in mind. The other thing to keep in mind is that I'm operating in linear time. We're all operating in linear time. So when I break these things down, I'm giving the impression that one stage happens after then the other, and then the other one comes next in kind of this neat linear timeline. That's not how things can really happen. So you may experience, you may go through this weird phenomenon of experiencing two stages at the same time where they kind of bleed into each other or they, they're superimposed on top of each other. Okay. So I want you to remember that again, I'm trying to break this down and structure it as best I can for you, but you have to remember not to take this so literally that you feel like you're kind of boxed into each of the stage and that they have to go in a certain order. The third thing that I wanted to leave here before I get into the stages 
is that I'm going to give some time frames for each stage because people ask me this question all the time. How long does it take to go through this or that or the other? People want to know time frames. And I understand that you may want to know time frames, so I'm going to give you some time frames, but here comes my air quotes. <laughs> I'm giving you these are not literal time frames. Here comes my air quotes. It's impossible for me to quantify how long a stage is going to last for you because spiritual awakenings are very unique to each one of us, all right? So I'm going to give time frames, but please don't hold literally to those time frames. It can be very different from you for you than it was for me or any of the clients that I've worked with, okay? So I wanted to leave that here as a side note before I get into the stages. Stage one is what I call the wake up. <laughs> So this is when your awakening starts, all right? There's this little switch in you and, and your soul clicks the switch, the on switch, uh, clicks it to on and boom, your awakening starts. Now, I found that there are two ways, two main ways in which this awakening or the wake up starts for all of us. The first way is, and this seems to be what the majority of people go through, the first one is what I call chaos, okay? This is the first way that we wake up and the most common one that I've found, it's called chaos. And this is when something happens in your external environment, either your life falls apart, a relationship falls apart, you can have a life-threatening accident or some kind of disease that's diagnosed. Something really big happens to you in your external environment that just pulls the rug from underneath you. And, and in that pain, in that triggering, in when life completely falls apart on you, the rug of life is pulled from you and boom, you wake up. You suddenly realize, basically what happens in this situation is your ego completely loses its grip on you because it it dawns on you, the real you, the consciousness that, that observes, it dawns on you that the ego has never been able to control anything. <laughs> so this happens to us usually when something quick happens, when something sudden like an accident, or in my case, it was the disintegration of my marriage that was really sudden and without warning. So that was my trigger for my awakening, okay? So so the first way is chaos. The second way that, that people generally wake up is spontaneously, okay? So this is, this is the spontaneous spontaneous part. And there are some people that awaken spontaneously. One of my favorite examples is a spiritual teacher, Michael Singer, an author of one of the most read spiritual books out there, I think, The Untethered Soul and also The Surrender Experiment that I love. He talks about, in his books, he talks about how he woke up and it was literally, he was just sitting, sitting on the floor in his living room one day and boom, he just woke up. <laughs> no suffering, no pain, nothing horrible happened to him. He just woke up very naturally and very spontaneously. So that's the second way in which we have this wake up call. It's either through chaos or it's just spontaneously. Not all of us awaken through pain. I've had more and more people reach out to me and they say, you know, hey, I know that your spiritual awakening was difficult and I know that some people go through a lot of difficulties when they wake up, but it wasn't like that for me. I just woke up one day. <laughs> and so this is happening to more people and that's wonderful. It's so wonderful because the times are changing and yes, moving forward, people are going to start to wake up more spontaneously without the need for pain or suffering and that's so wonderful because that's how we all should be awakening. Who needs pain and suffering, right? To awaken. We should all awaken spontaneously and that's where we're going. But up until now and in my own life and with the clients that I've worked with, it hasn't been the case. We've been waking up a little bit through chaos, but that's okay. It's just as valid. So that was stage number one and it's waking up. Now, regardless of how you wake up, 
One thing to remember is that when the soul switches on that awakening switch in you, 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 whether you wake up through chaos or wake up spontaneously, the same thing happens to you. And that is you start to ask really deep existential questions, you know, existential questions like there's got to be more to life than this, or there's just, there's got to be more than this. Okay. So questions like that, you start to ask them, you start to go really deep. You wake up basically from the matrix with some, what some people call the matrix. You wake up from the slumber that you've been in and that the majority of us still live in on the planet you just wake up and you start to see things the way they really are and and for a lot of us this is this is you know just it's it's like we feel awake for the first time in our entire lives now the time frame for stage one is usually days or weeks um, will usually be in this kind of wake up, <laughs> wake up for days or weeks. It can last a little longer, but in general, what I found is days or weeks in stage one. Stage two is called bliss. <laughs> and this is such a beautiful stage because this is usually, usually, again, remember, remember what I said at the beginning of this video, usually the stage of bliss comes right after your wake up call. It comes right after stage one. And this is when we really, we, we come alive. We start to feel connected with everything around us. We feel connected with God. We feel at one with source. We can feel connected with trees and with birds and with flowers and with people and just with the world in general. And we start to get inundated by these beautiful emotions like ecstasy and bliss and excitement and joy. All of these emotions that maybe for so many of us, we hadn't felt in years. So we start to get inundated by these beautiful, beautiful emotions. We feel really high. We feel excited about life. Now, part of the reason why the bliss stage is so blissful is because what's really happening is the heart is starting to awaken. That's why you're feeling all these beautiful emotions. Your heart's starting to awaken. And for the majority of us, this can be the first time in our lives that our heart really comes online. And so when it starts to awaken, you start to feel these beautiful emotions like compassion, connection, oneness with all things. So, so this bliss phase, it's beautiful. It's amazing. And most of us, what's interesting is that most of us don't want to leave this stage. <laughs> most of us think that when we're in the bliss stage, we're like, oh my God, my life is amazing. And it's just going to all be amazing from here on in. <laughs> I remember this very much in my own life. I was in this blissful stage. I thought it was going to last forever. And I was just never going to feel any, any of those dense emotions that I had carried for so long. <laughs> it was a little bit naive. We're going to get into that in the next stages but the bliss stage is so so beautiful in that it opens starts opening the heart and we start to feel these beautiful emotions of being connected and being in love really and being guided not just in love but being guided we start to feel guided by spirit we can we can start to feel and hear messages we can start to experience synchronicities from the universe so this is usually the stage where where we start to notice number sequence or angel messages or all kinds of synchronicities we basically start to tap into the quantum world and we realize what we didn't realize before and that is that the spirit world is always trying to help us. They're always trying to communicate with us. But when we're asleep, we just can't listen to them. So in the bliss stage, this is when all of these things come to life in our, life, in our lives and we are just super excited about it. 
Now the time frame for um, the bliss stage is usually days or weeks, okay? You days or weeks. For some people, they're in this blissful stage uh, for a few days. Other people, they can be in this stage for weeks before entering stage three. So time frame here is days or weeks. The other thing about this bliss stage is that as your heart is awakening, you don't just feel wonderful emotions, you don't just feel love or compassion or whatever. When your heart awakens, you start to feel more deeply intuitive because remember, the heart is the portal of intuition. So as your heart is opening, you start to feel and connect with your intuition more and more. And, and this is just such an incredible place to be because for the majority of us, we've been so mind-centered our whole lives that when we come into the heart and we actually start to listen to the, to the intuitive nudgings of the heart, it's just so wonderful because it's like we feel guided for the first time in our lives. And the other thing about this stage is that we, as the heart is awakening and ha as our energy system is opening up really wide, the energy system starts opening up during this phase of the spiritual awakening, we start to discover certain spiritual gifts that we may not have known we even had before. So spiritual gifts start to come out. A lot of things that your soul had planned out, uh, talents and excitements and gifts, they start to come up and they start to surface. And many of these gifts, hadn't you didn't know about them before. They were kind of concealed underneath your unconsciousness. And so now they start to come to the surface and it's just such an exciting time, this, this, uh, this stage two, this bliss. But like anything in life, this stage doesn't last forever. Stage three is the dark night. Now, I also call this sometimes the great purge. <laughs> and the reason that I call it the great purge is because this is the stage of your spiritual awakening where your soul starts to bring up all of the things that need to be healed in this lifetime, all of the things that need to be healed and released in this lifetime. And get this, this is why the dark night is sometimes probably the most difficult stage of the spiritual awakening is this dark night. And the reason that it's so difficult is because your soul can be pulling up to the surface things that need to be healed that aren't of this lifetime. So you can be healing things from this lifetime for sure, but you can also be healing things from past lives that need to be addressed in this lifetime because they're weighing you down, they're holding you back, they're holding you in this circle of karma, and your soul is constantly trying to move you out of these cycles of karma and out of these dense energies and all of this baggage that you carry from the past. So the soul will trigger this dark night to happen. And what the soul is doing, it's very consciously doing this on purpose to bring all of the things that need to be healed up to the surface. And that's why I call it the great purge. I also call it the dark night of the ego instead of the dark night of the soul. It's known mostly as the dark night of the soul, but I, I call it the dark night of the ego. And the reason that I call it that, I'm going to leave you a, a video here that I did on the dark night. I'm going to leave you a video here. It's going to pop up here. If it doesn't pop up here, check the description box below. I'll leave you a link for it there. I go into detail about the dark night and why I call it the dark night of the ego. So you can learn more about it in that video. But basically the dark night, what it's doing is it is helping you release so many things from the past that need to be released. A lot of times things that are not of this lifetime and that you didn't even know you needed to release. So the dark night is a moment where it's a stage where we can feel anything from depression to despair to anxiety to we can feel completely lost. We could feel like we don't know up from down, left from right. 
it feels sometimes like we are dying. <laughs> it feels like we are dying. And in a sense, this is true, we are dying. The old self, the old you that had all this karma and all this garbage and all this stuff from the past that wasn't healed and that was just repressed in your system, all that's being released. So in a sense, you are dying on a certain level. You're dying on so many levels. Your biology is changing. Your genetics are changing. I mean, everything in your body is changing, but also energetically you're changing. So in, in almost literal terms, not quite literal, but in so many ways, it is true that when we have this feeling that we're dying during the dark night, we are dying in a way because we're being born new. The dark night is, I think, the most difficult stage of the spiritual awakening. Not all people go through this. Again, not all people go through all these stages, but the majority of people that I've worked with and the thousands of people that I've connected with across the world who are having spiritual awakenings, they do go through some form of the dark night. And, you know, sometimes it can last, last less time, sometimes it can last more. In terms of time frame, you may not like to hear this, <laughs> but I'm gonna say it anyways because this has been my experience in my own life and in working with so many people. The time frame for the dark night tends to be months to years. So sometimes people will be in the dark night for years. More likely, I would say it's usually some months to maybe a couple of years is the average. But again, it could be months to years. So this may be happening to you. You have to have a lot of patience if you're going through this. And if nothing else, remember that if you are in the dark night right now, your soul has programmed it and your soul is doing it on purpose so that you could purge everything that is holding you back. Once you do purge everything that's holding you back, you're going to become a completely different person and you're going to look back on your dark night and you're not going to wish it were any different than it was. I feel so blessed to have gone through a dark night of the soul, more than one actually. I went through more than one dark night and I'm very grateful for it and I don't wish it were any other way because I remember what I was before and I know who I am now and it was going through the dark night that helped me get to where I am now so I wouldn't want it any other way. Stage four is what I call the void. <laughs> now in the void, I've talked about this before in a, in a previous video, in the void what happens is it's sort of like life just stops or you come to a place of no man's land. <laughs> and the reason that you come to a place of no man's land is because the, the dark night is over. So you've purged all of the old stuff and you are now in between your old life and your new life, your old energy system and your new energy system and your old self and your new self. And when you're in between those two states, that's what I call the void. And the void is a place where a lot of times we can feel really lost and we can feel a lot of anxiety if you don't know you're going through the void. But now you will know, so the anxiety will stop, right? <laughs> After watching this video. When you're in the void, people tend to feel a little bit um, anxiety or they feel like they're lost because what happens is the universe closes all the doors on you. It's sort of forcing you into a cocoon so that you may emerge as a butterfly later. And so what the universe does, a lot of times people say to me, I don't know what's happening to me. You know, I've been receiving guidance from my guides throughout my spiritual awakening and suddenly it stopped. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I can't hear the universe. I can't hear spirit communicate with me. I don't feel connected with God. 
God, I feel completely disconnected. Where's the bliss that I used to feel? <laughs> so it's usually in this phase and in the dark night that people are trying to claw themselves out of it because they want to go back to the bliss phase. They want to go back to being connected to God and being connected to spirit. Now, you're never really disconnected from spirit ever, but the illusion here that you're disconnected occurs in the void because you're going through this place of no man's land in between your old self and your new self. I sometimes call this phase the great rest. <laughs> and I call this the great rest because this is the perfect opportunity when that cocoon closes in on you and you feel like all of the doors are closing, you don't receive signs, you don't know what to do next that cocooning phase, it's occurring on purpose so that you may rest. Remember, if you just came out of the out of the dark night, holy moly, have you done so much work and you need to rest that energy system before it ramps up into the next phase of your life. So the void is what I call the great rest if you know how to deal with it. So no more kicking and screaming against the void, no more trying to claw yourself out of it, no more trying to force things to happen when the universe keeps closing doors on you or when you're not sure what to do next. Just remember, I'm in the void, I'm in the stage of great rest, and I'm going to allow myself to be cocooned, and I'm going to do nice spiritual practices to just keep myself soothed and balanced, and everything is gonna be okay. All right, so this is the void. The time frame for the void can also be months or years. <laughs> months or years. More Usually, the most often that I've found with the void is some months, okay? So maybe a little under a year. But again, it can last for months or years depending on your path and what your soul wants for your own spiritual awakening. Once you know you're in the void and you start learning how to work with the void, you start to feel really interesting and very different from the anxiety trying to claw yourself out kind of energy. Once you know you're in the void and you're coming into a cocoon phase or the great rest, you actually start to feel deep peace. And you feel deep peace because you realize you're in the void and you start to work with the energy. So you may be really tired, especially if you've just come out of a long dark night. You may be really tired because you've gone through so much healing and you could be so exhausted. But even though you're exhausted, you're also at peace because you know that now you've entered this void phase, this cocoon phase, and you're gonna take advantage of it. It's also in this void phase when you're in between worlds that we start to step into our authentic soul power. <laughs> and why? Because the old self, all of the old garbage that was holding us back, all of the old stuff that was defining us up until the dark night, it's been purged through the dark night. So now when we get to the void, we don't have that old baggage anymore. So we start to look in the mirror and we're like, oh, who are you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> this is the phase where we start to stand in our own authenticity. We start to know ourselves, the real us, the real you. You start to know the real you more deeply. You start to come into your power. Now you're just starting. You're not in full power while you're in the void because you're still in between, you know, you're still in between worlds, but you start to stand on your own two feet and you start to feel that inner power and you start to feel your authenticity and your soul uniqueness. This starts occurring in the void, especially if you're working with it, not working against it. Stage five is called groundedness. And this is when things start to stabilize a lot more after the dark night and after being in the void. 
you feel more grounded. And the image that I like to give is the image of a tree. So whereas the first stages of your spiritual awakening, you tend to be pulled up like a tree growing its branches up into the sky. You tend to be pulled, pulled, pulled up into the sky. When Then when it comes into stage five, you are now grounding, meaning you're growing roots deep into the earth so that you could hold the size of the tree that you've become, okay? So the groundedness stage is very, very beautiful. It's a stage where we start to ground not only in our energy system, but also in our spirituality. So whereas before we really wanted to stay in the bliss stage, we wanted to be excited all the time and ecstatic all the time and in bliss all the time. When we get to the fifth stage, when we are at groundedness, it feels like we've grown up a little bit. <laughs> the bliss stage feels a little bit more like a teenager, you know, learning something new or tasting their freedom for the first time in their lives. And then stage five, the groundedness stage, it feels like we are more adult, we're more mature, meaning that yes, we still wanna live with bliss and we wanna live with excitement, but we realize that there are other things that happen in life and we start to ground in our knowing that everything is okay if I'm feeling bliss or if I'm feeling sadness, if I'm feeling anger, if I'm feeling love. So in the groundedness phase, we become spiritually and emotionally mature. We know that we need to have our roots very, very deep so that we could live life with beauty and fulfillment. And it's also in this stage that the, our, all of the spiritual lessons that we've been learning in our spiritual awakening, we start to ground them in the sense that we bring them into everyday life. So whereas the previous stages of, of the spiritual awakening, like in the dark night, um, a lot of times we want to hermit, we want to go away, we want to run away. Uh, when we're in the bliss stage, we just, we want to be alone in nature, just, you know, excited about everything. When we come into stage five and into the groundedness, it's almost like we want to return now to regular civilization because we're ready. We're ready to hold the lessons and the energy of our spiritual awakening in everyday life. We start to ground it more. Suddenly, we don't need to escape. We don't need to run away from people who have dense energy because they're affecting our energy system. We're no longer, we no longer feel like fragile wallflowers. We feel very strong and very grounded in our spiritual awakening and in our experiences. A lot of times because what we went through in the previous stages may have been difficult and so that, that uh, builds up our sense of resilience so that when we get to stage five, we're, we really are grown-ups, both spiritually and uh, emotionally. And so the groundedness phase is really, it's a really beautiful phase. It's a phase where as your roots are going down into the earth, as you ground more and more, something else interesting happens. And that is your energy system becomes more powerful. So that means that you become a more powerful manifester in this grounding phase. The more that your system, the more that your energy system becomes more powerful, it becomes more powerful the more grounded you are because the deeper your roots, the more the tree can grow up, right? And so that's essentially what's happening. As you ground your energy, your energy system becomes more powerful, you become more magnetic, and you become more, a more powerful manifester. So things may start happening to you, whereas in the void, nothing was happening to you. In this stage, things might start happening to you really easily because your energy system is becoming super powerful and super magnetic. 
It's also in this fifth stage or this groundedness stage that something else cool happens. <laughs> Remember when I was talking about in the bliss stage in stage two, in that bliss stage where you felt connected, where you felt at one, where you just felt connected to everyone and to everything and those feelings of love and compassion that were coming from an awakened heart? Well, those feelings start to return here in stage five. You start to feel connected again. You start to feel that sense of oneness. You start to feel that sense of deep connection with God. But the only difference here between the stage five and stage two of bliss is that this sense of connection is more grounded in this reality. It's more grounded. So it's a connection and it's a oneness where we're now looking at one another and we're giving each other a break. We're understanding that people are doing the best that they can, that everyone has a story and, and that that story is part of their lives and part of the way that they behave certain ways. So. This feeling of connectedness that occurs here in stage five is a, is a connectedness that is more grounded than it was in stage two when you were in bliss. Because when you were in bliss, it was more the excitement of being connected to all things, God included, and you were just way up in the clouds. You hadn't grounded that energy yet. And so now in stage five, the connectedness feels more everyday life. It feels more grounded. It feels more real in this reality. And it's because your roots are growing deep, your energy system is, is, uh, is getting bigger and more powerful, and your heart is continuing to open. And the more that the heart open, opens, the more connection and compassion you feel for yourself and for others and for everything, really. Now, the time frame for stage five is generally years. <laughs> so I'm going to leave that one here. I, I, I was going to say maybe months to years, but no, it's definitely years. I haven't really worked with anyone where, uh, and it didn't happen in my own life, where the groundedness just lasted for a few months and then they were on, uh, the, on with their lives. The groundedness generally lasts years, usually maybe at least a year, at least a year, one to two years maybe, I want to say. So this groundedness phase, stage five, uh, generally lasts, can last years. Stage six is the last stage, and it is the stage of purpose and life mission. It's such a beautiful stage. <laughs> And so basically what happens in this stage is that you've gone through the whole hero's journey, as Joseph Campbell would say. You've gone through the whole hero's journey of going through bliss, then going through the dark night, then going through the void, then grounding your energy, and all of these things have happened in your spiritual awakening. By the time you get here, you're probably some years into your spiritual awakening, at least two years, two to three years into your spiritual awakening by the time you get to this stage six. And in this stage six, what's happening is because you've gone through such a deep sense of purge, you've let go of your old self, you've become a new person, your whole energy system has rebuilt itself, your soul has purged so much crap from the past, you're literally a new person. And you're a new person that's gone through the groundedness phase, so you're a new person that's grounded and powerful. And a person that's grounded and powerful is in deep connection with their purpose and their life mission in this life. <laughs> and so in stage six, you start to live that mission and that life purpose with a lot of knowing, with a lot of confidence in your heart. You may not know what the final destination is. You know, lots of people say to me, I don't know what my mission is yet. A lot of us don't know what our, what our mission is yet. I don't know what my mission is to the full capacity of my mission. I'll only know at the end of my life <laughs> because the, your life mission is something that you can only look back on really. But you can know little bits of your mission as you go and you can walk that path of your mission one step at a time. You also walk with deep purpose. You may not know the details of your mission, but you know that you are here with great purpose and every day you take one step at a time towards that purpose. 
In stage six, you start to remember who you are and what you're doing here. And you generally make a commitment to life. <laughs> and the commitment is you commit to following your soul's path no matter what. So you are no longer influenced by anything that happens in your life and you will no longer let any of life's circumstances or challenges sway you out of your path. So stage six is wonderful in the sense that you're really rooted, you're really strong. You may not know all the details of your mission, but you commit to following your soul's path as your soul reveals it to you. And the time frame for this, this uh, uh, sixth stage, the time frame for it is really the rest of your life, right? It's really the rest of your life. But this can go on for years, actually. The stage itself can go on for years where you're fine-tuning your mission, you're discovering a little bit more about yourself, you're stepping one step at a time towards that mission, you're discovering a little bit more of it. And so this stage six can take some years, but this is usually, this usually continues on for the rest of your life. Now onto the second part of the video, and that is my top three tips or strategies to help you through the stages of spiritual awakening. Now, I've shot a ton of content on how to help you through a spiritual awakening. I'm gonna leave a playlist here, all with spiritual awakening content. I'm gonna leave it here. If you don't see it pop up on your screen, I'm going to leave a link to it in the description box below. So go through that playlist. There's a ton of information on there to help you go through a spiritual awakening in more detail. But I do wanna leave you with my top three tips in this video to kind of really help reinforce how you can work with these stages of spiritual awakening. The first tip is, I feel like a broken record, but I'm gonna keep saying this because it's so important. The first tip is surrender. You must surrender. And I, I just, I can't tell you how important this is because if you do not surrender, you know, a lot of times clients reach me in a state of such deep resistance because maybe they're in the dark night or maybe they're in the void and they're just tired of this whole spiritual awakening thing, says their ego. <laughs> and so they come to me and sometimes they're really resistant. Sometimes they're even pissed off and defiant. <laughs> they're defiant. They just don't want to do this anymore. They're tired of it. Sometimes they're even pissed off at God or spirit or whatever for supposedly putting them through this spiritual awakening. And you know, God doesn't put you through this. Your own soul programs your spiritual awakening. So a spiritual awakening is occurring because of you, because of your higher components, like your soul and your higher self. It's not God doing anything horrible to you, okay? But if you resist and if you fight, all you're gonna be doing is you're going to be prolonging the stages, especially the hard ones like the dark night or the void. The more that you resist, the more that you kick up a fight, the longer it's going to take for your soul to pull you along. Because, you know, uh, think about this image. If I'm trying to pull you down the street and you're resisting me and you're kicking and screaming, it's gonna take a lot more energy on my part to literally pull you down the street than if you were just walking down the street side by side with me. We would go much faster, wouldn't we? <laughs> and so that's what your soul's doing. You're gonna go one way or the other because <laughs> your soul is much more powerful than your ego and it's usually the ego that sets up a lot of resistance. So your soul's gonna win, but it's just gonna take longer because your poor soul's gonna have to be pulling you along. And, and why do that? Why do that? Because you're only causing more suffering to yourself. So this tip is important. You gotta surrender, please, beautiful soul. You gotta surrender. Surrender to the process. Do mantras. I love to do mantra work. Mantra work was really important in my own surrender process. You can come up with your own mantras, but you know, I have some that I love that I can share with you. Um, it could be a mantra that could say, everything is working out. 
everything is going as, fa is a as fast as it needs to, everything is okay, my soul knows what it's doing, I give up control to my soul, <laughs> you can keep going, my soul is in command now, <laughs> you can keep going on and on and on with these mantras, you could write them down and you could repeat them on a daily basis, that's how important this surrender work is. Repeat them on a daily basis if you have to. You have to become just completely open-handed, completely willing, completely soft. You have to go with your soul. If you do that, if you surrender, if you learn the art of surrendering and saying yes to your soul and where it wants you to go, this whole spiritual awakening, you'll find that the stages, especially the harder stages, they'll go faster. The second strategy is to work with your heart. <laughs> I love this one. So remember, we talked about how the heart uh, opens and awakens during a spiritual awakening, during more than one phase, actually. It just keeps opening up as the stages uh, continue in your spiritual awakening. So when you're going through these stages, especially the harder ones, learn to work with your heart. Really learn to work with your heart. Learn to listen to its wisdom. Learn to work with your intuition. Learn to just listen to the heart come from the mind we're all very mind dominant and when you're going through a spiritual awakening it makes it so much easier if you come from the mind down into the heart working with the heart is essential also because the heart it's not only the central chakra in the whole system your heart is the great healer <laughs> so your heart is the one that's helping you heal especially during the dark night your heart is like an incinerator it transmutes energy and it helps you heal so it's the great healer but the heart is also the seed of the soul. So when you connect with the heart, you connect more closely with your soul and with your higher self, and you receive that guidance more accurately and more clearly. So when you do take a step, you're taking a step because you know that your soul or your higher self kind of nudged you through your beautiful heart center. So a lot of people reach me and they say, how the heck do I start working with my heart? Cause I don't know how. <laughs> so I'm gonna leave you a couple of techniques here on how to work with the heart that I love and have used and continue to use in my life. The first one is physical touch. So you can actually start tapping. You can use tapping routines and just tap on your chest right here over the sternum. When you start to tap, especially if you close your eyes, take a nice deep breath, bring your awareness into your chest and start tapping. The more that you tap on the sternum, on this, on this chest bone here, the more you're awakening. Tapping awakens the energy of a center. And so it's easier for you to connect with the heart or you can just use your hands and just put your hands on your heart when you're doing a meditation, put your hands on your heart, keep them there and bring your awareness into your heart. You're gonna start feeling energy move there. And when you start feeling energy move there, you're gonna be able to understand what your heart is trying to say to you. Remember that the heart's intuitive communication is not in words. So you're gonna to have to learn how to speak to the heart through feelings and sensations. So you have to have your concentration, your awareness in the heart region. The second way to work with the heart is really to quiet the mind. <laughs> There's no way around this beautiful soul. Some people say to me, they don't like meditation. They can't do meditation. I don't care what you do, but you have to quiet your mind, especially initially during your spiritual awakening when you're not used to working with the heart. So when the heart first starts to awaken, if you're too much in your mind, if your mind is going a thousand miles an hour constantly with all these thoughts and all these things, oh, oh the, the ego just knows what it's, always knows what it's trying to say and always has an opinion. The more that you're stuck in these, um, in these thoughts, 
the, the more you drown out the wisdom of the heart, all right? So when you're working with the heart, the mind has to quiet, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through dance, exercise, contemplation, being in nature, I don't care what you use, but you have to practice every single day the art of quieting the mind and coming into your heart, especially initially, otherwise you won't be able to decipher what's mind and what's heart. Speaking of the mind, the third strategy is detach from the mind. So this one is, uh, this was a crucial skill that I had to learn in my own awakening, especially when I was going through my dark nights, because when you're going through the harder parts of the spiritual awakening, your mind really does kick up. Uh, I've talked in previous videos about how during my spiritual awakening, I had spontaneous regressions. I would have past life memories that would flat, that I would have these flashbacks that would come up in my mind of past life memories that, uh, that I would, they would just pop into my mind and they were sometimes really violent and sometimes really chaotic. And so I had to learn very quickly how to detach from my mind because if I didn't detach from my mind, I would quite literally go insane because there's a lot going on. When you're going through the purging process, part of the purging process is also a purging of the mental body. So your mind can feel like it's going insane, especially during the dark night and during these purging phases of your spiritual awakening. So the detaching from the mind was one of the first techniques that my spirit guides showed me when I was going through my spiritual awakening and it's just so essential. You basically, what does it mean to detach from the mind? You have to remember that you are the observing consciousness that observes everything going on. You can observe your heartbeat, but you can also observe your thoughts from a distance. You are not your thoughts. And so when you're going through spiritual awakening, you must learn sometimes very quickly to unplug and detach yourself from all of the millions of thoughts going on in your head because a lot of the thoughts are distorted, negative, they're chaotic, they're all over the place, they're fear-based. And so you don't wanna be identified with those thoughts. You wanna be out here observing your mind in the same way that you observe your heart. So when, you're, when you close your eyes and you're observing your heartbeat, you don't get identified with, you don't attach to one heartbeat versus the other, right? It's just heartbeats, boom, 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 one heartbeat after the other. And you can very clearly observe your heartbeat without getting involved. You can observe your lungs breathing without getting attached or involved. But you can also observe your mind and your thoughts without becoming attached or involved. So this is important. This is crucial for you to go through the stages of the spiritual awakening more easily and more smoothly. The more that you can hold that position of observing consciousness, the faster you go through the stages and the faster you purge and, and heal the mental body. And just to help you detach a little bit more from the mind, I'm gonna give you a simple two-step process to get you there because a lot of times people say, I have no idea how to separate from my mind. I have no idea how to observe my thoughts without getting attached to them. So I'm gonna give you this two-step process. The first step that you can do is you simply observe the thoughts and let them pass by, sort of like clouds passing by in the sky. Okay, you just allow them to pass by. You observe them and you allow them to pass by. You don't get stuck on any of them. So you observe the thought and let it pass by. If it's a negative fear-based thought, which is usually the ones that give us the most problem, if it's a negative, a chaotic, or a fear-based thought, then that's where step number two comes in and it's called refocus. 
So what you're going to do is you observe the thought passing by, you observe it, you observe its contents, and then you immediately refocus into something different. So for example, I'll give you a very real example. Um, during my spiritual awakening, when I was going through the dark night, and this happens to a ton of people that connect with me, I literally felt like I was dying. And so my mind would say constantly, you're dying, you're sick, you need to go to a doctor, you're just, you're probably dying, you probably have some kind of horrible disease, you're probably going insane, you may be schizophrenic. <laughs> so I had all of these things going on about my eminent demise, said my, my mind. And so the way that I started to work with this was I would observe those thoughts, I would say something soothing like everything's okay to the ego to kind of quiet the ego down and then I would immediately refocus. Refocusing is literally uh, thinking something completely opposite of what your thought process was. So if I was in this loop of I'm dying or I'm schizophrenic or I'm crazy or whatever, I would refocus and I would say something like everything is okay. My soul knows what it's doing. I put my hand on my heart a lot when I was doing this. My soul knows what it's doing. Everything is okay. All is well. I'm walking my path as I should. <laughs> you see? So I would literally refocus. It's not enough to just observe the thought and let it go. It's more powerful if you then refocus your thought process on something more optimistic, more expansive, more open, okay? And so the more that I refocus, what refocusing does is it literally causes your brain to rewire from a negatively biased brain to a positively biased brain, okay? So an optimistic brain, that's a brain that even though hard things may happen, an optimistic brain always sees the silver lining, okay? So the refocus is really important. It's gonna help you change, shift that mindset, shift those chaotic fear-based thoughts, and it's gonna help you do this pretty quickly. And to make this whole process of detaching from the mind easier for you, I'm gonna give you a little bonus here. <laughs> Bro bonus, a bonus tip, ding, ding. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a bonus. It's an exercise that I love. This is a transformational exercise, so hopefully this will work with you. This works really well. It's what I call the hover. <laughs> and what the hover is, is we're expanding your level of awareness way out. We usually get stuck in the rut of our mind, okay? And usually the way that we get stuck is our mind focuses on something really small and it starts to make a huge story and a big problem about it. So our focus is too constricted. And when the focus becomes constricted, you, you're literally, your energy gets stuck and your mind gets really stubborn in that constrictive fear-based pattern. So what the hover does is it expands your awareness. So here's how the hover works. You may want to do this, you know, do this afterwards. You can write down some notes so that you can know how to do this on your own after watching this video. You're going to sit in meditation. You close your eyes and you bring your hands to your chest and you're just going to start focusing on your breathing, focusing on your chest, and you're going to feel your heart light. It's going to light up. All right. And, and the light is going to start to come out, out, out. It's eventually going to pop out of your chest and it's going to create this huge bubble around you. Okay. This is the light of your consciousness. And what you're going to do is you're going to visualize the light of that consciousness. First, it's going to get so big that it's going to occupy the room that you're in. Then it's going to pop out of the room and it's going to get so big that it's going to occupy the whole building that you're in. And then you're going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and, you're, and your consciousness is going to occupy the city that you're in, then the country that you're, that you're in, then the continent that you're in. <laughs> and you're just going to keep expanding your consciousness until you find yourself hovering in outer space above the planet, just looking down on this beautiful blue planet. 
And I call this the hover because out here in space with that expanded awareness, you're in the silence of space and you're just looking at the beautiful blue, blue planet below you. With this expanded awareness, it's like your problems, the problems that your mind makes, they sort of start to fall because you get a new perspective on life and what life really is all about. So use the hover exercise whenever you feel like you're stuck in a rut and your mind doesn't stop and you can't detach from your mind, just use the hover exercise. I love this exercise so much and it works in my life and the life of so many clients. Now I wanna hear from you. What stage of spiritual awakening are you at? Let me know in the comments below. And if you have a question you'd like to ask for my weekly videos, leave them also in the comments with the hashtag AskChristina. Click here to subscribe to my channel or head over to my website and take my heart quiz to figure out if your heart's blocked. And don't forget to check out this playlist here with curated videos on spiritual awakening to help you get through your spiritual awakening faster. All right, beautiful soul, I love you. I am out.